season's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. the idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then... Uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. that idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. Here we go. It is a Tuesday afternoon, and of course, you know what that means. Uh, Plenty of terrible Tuesday takes coming your way. We're ready. We're fired up. We're revved up. NBA playoffs, technically, kind of, sort of, start today. The play-in tournament. Are we a fan of the play-in tournament? Well, I guess that's part of maybe Terrible Tuesday, huh? All right. Today, the guest list as uh, follows. Chuck Esposito will join us uh, over at Red Rock. Talk all things betting with Chuck. Scott Savloff will recap the Masters. The Masters ratings out. And we'll get some thoughts from our golf guru and PGA Tour producer. And TJ Reeves will join us today as we talk the 10-0 Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays, 10-0. Granted, they've had a pretty light schedule. Up till this point, but they are undefeated. And when you get out to a 10 0 start, you're in some pretty good shape. So when you're uh, looking at uh, potential, you know, winning your division, going to the playoffs, I know it's a long season, but man, you want to be 10 0. And 10 0 teams, they usually make the playoffs and go deep. All right, a lot to hit on today. Was, uh, we do it for you. Tuesday afternoon style, plenty of terrible Tuesday takes coming your way today. Uh, we'll hit the gamut for you with all that as well. T.C. Martin, Numchuk on the other side of the proverbial glass, uh, making it happen, and uh, good to be back uh, in studio today. Obviously, Friday uh, out at the Westgate at the uh, Superbook uh, Fun Show there with Marco D'Angelo and Jay Schrader. Carried that over to yesterday, uh, Monday show. We were on the road at the Las Vegas Aces uh, draft party. Uh, the WNBA drafting, though the Aces did not have a pick in the first or second round. They actually had one pick in the entire draft, and that was at the very end, the last pick of the draft, the 36 uh, overall. And uh, as we talked to Nikki Vargas, the president of the Aces yesterday, and the general manager, Natalie Williams, uh, they're looking for a person to come in, compete, and uh, and shock them and See if they can make that roster. Because as we know, the Las Vegas Aces have themselves a very stacked roster. But a great time yesterday uh, out at the uh, the draft party. Uh, great stuff uh, uh, out there as well. Our good friends uh, at Slice doing a fantastic job. And uh, the Aces uh, public relations and marketing staff always do a fantastic job. So uh, appreciate uh, all of them. Uh, for hosting us yesterday, and then Jay Schrader and Marco D'Angelo coming out uh, with us as well. And it was great to see all of the uh, fans there, a lot of the season ticket holders, about 400 of them were there yesterday uh, at Slice. Always uh, great to to talk with them and see them again, and we're right around the corner from the opening day coming your way for the WNBA season. The Las Vegas Aces are going to open on the road, but uh, then they will also be at home on the 27th and 28th, all right? They'll be uh, on the road opening at Seattle and then the 27th, 28th against the Sparks and Minnesota, the first chance that uh, Vegas fans will get a chance to see the new locations, so to speak, with Alicia Clark and Candace Parker and uh, the ring ceremony that will take place on 
Sunday, May the 27th. So look forward to that. Uh, the Aces do draft Brittany Davis, and uh, she'll be uh, meeting uh, the media uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. So uh, we'll get a chance to talk to uh, Brittany Davis, uh, shooting guard out of Alabama, and uh, we'll see if uh, she can make uh, the roster. All right, so a lot to do, a lot to hit on. Do we expect her to make the roster? <sighs> I, I, I know we're stacked. I really don't want to say like, – I don't want to get into that, but it, it, it's a long shot. I mean, it, it's a long shot. But like we said yesterday, if you have a player – that comes in. I mean, third round picks usually don't make the WNBA. A lot of times, second round picks. Yeah. But but you do have free agents, you know, come in, street free agents, undrafted, you know, undrafted rookies who come in and have a chance to make it. It just really depends on the team. With this team, like Natalie Williams said, we want someone that will come in and compete. They were looking for someone because they could still use some three-point shooting. They could use someone... They can play some great perimeter defense. And Brittany Davis could come and do that. And she could, you know, shows that she is going to be a team player. She's going to come in here and work hard. And she's going to challenge the other aces, specifically the starters. There might be a spot for her on this team. It's a 12 person roster in the WNBA. A lot of teams only carry 11. Because they want to free up money and spread that money around and and give to some of their veteran players. Yeah. So a little bit different story, you know, compared to other sports, but that's the nature. So if she comes in, she works hard and she gives the aces something that they currently don't have, then yeah, she may have a chance, may have a chance to, uh, to make the roster. But when you look at right now, you have a training camp, uh, roster of about 18. That's going to get sliced down right after the first couple of days to probably about 15. And then, uh, they'll keep those 14, those 15 for a majority of training camp, have one exhibition game that will take place on the uh, 13th. Uh, ironically enough, that'll be against the Liberty here. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So, um, in, you know, WNBA, totally different. You know, you only got some teams play only one exhibition game, like the Aces, only one. And then uh, you've got, uh, you know, some teams that will, will play two, maybe three. But for the most part, you just get ready for the season to start. So they don't have like an emergency roster, do they? No. 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 So it's basically 12, and that 12 is correct. Set. Okay. And then you just go up and you pick up free agents, okay. you know, after that. Yeah. So yeah, not like kind of a taxi squad or, yeah. or a practice squad like, like a G League the NFL. Or... Exactly. Yeah. That's that way the NBA did, you know, has that where you got your farm team basically and, and, and you call people up. So, all right. So again, a great time yesterday at Slice for the Aces draft party. All right. I got some some other news that's really not really sports related, but I'm not sure if I want to. I I, I want to. Not sure if I want to hang wait. on to this. No, 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 no. It, I, I don't know. It, is it breaking? Well, it's breaking for me and breaking for you. And but shoot, no, I don't, shoot it. I, I think I got to shoot it. I think I got to save it for when next time we have a specific guest on. Shoot it. <laughs> Shoot it. You don't have any idea where I'm going, do you? Shoot it. No. No. Yes. I think we've got to save it. No, we're not saving it. You've brought it up. This is already, you've, you've wasted five talking about it. I wasted five, what? You've, five seconds? What? 30 seconds. We, we, we got to get a terrible Tuesday. We will. <laughs> what is this news? 
All right. So I got a phone call today. Okay. This morning. All right. From one of our fantastic, loyal, regular guests who are part of the team here on the TC Martin Show, as you well know. Okay. The phone call was, I'm coming to town. We're having dinner with the Quake. Oh, you talked to Sax in the morning. Sax in the morning called me this morning and says, I'm doing it. I'm coming to town next week. Can we get Quake on? Let's break the news to Quake. I'm coming to town. Must have dinner with him. And the prerequisite is, as he has talked about before, TC, you got to find a buffet. <laughs> he goes, I have to see the look on people's faces when we march up to the front of the buffet. He goes, we have to video it. We have to get it going. He's coming to town next week. Sax will be on the show. And a dinner has to follow with the quake. Now, I asked you to reach out to the quake. And I did. And he was unavailable, he was to, unavailable today. to answer his phone because I wanted to break the news to him like this. But you know, knowing what a busy schedule that the quake has, um, I had to reach out and text him and tell him the news. Uh, should I read you the text? I would love the text. Okay. All right. And uh, I know our listeners have been following this story it's for over a year now. This is the greatest stuff. And uh, Sack says, oh, gotta, I'm coming to, when I come to town, I've got to go out to dinner with the Quake. Uh, again, the, the backstory, when Quake was, you know, our, our board op, our producer of the show. Uh, when Quake was me. When Quake was you, exactly. Uh, a little larger version of you, you know. Probably a better version of you, no question. Uh, Quake, Quake, oh, Mon- wait. he mentored you too, didn't he? Wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, that- you turn your mic off. I turned my own mic off. Wait, what are you doing? I said you, I was going to say, me. you should turn your own mic off. No. Me too. I will. Are you done now? All right. Thank you. Um, so the backstory is the very first time I had Sax on when Quake was doing the show, he goes, Steve Sachs? He goes, I- I'm going to call Steve Sachs. Well, well, yeah, he's going to come on the show. He goes, you don't understand. This is like my, my boyhood idol. This, I have his jersey. Well, what do you mean you have his jersey? You can never fit into his jersey. You know, he's got number three jersey. And so we told Sachs that. We sent Sachs the pictures. We had Quake at the batting cages. You remember that? Sent Sachs that. So he was enamored with the Quake, even though he's never met the Quake. So he says, I've got to meet this guy. And then remember the one time we had them both on the show together, uh, Quake was... We brought him back in studio and Sax was on the phone. Yeah. It was hilarity at its finest. I think that was a best of episode, wasn't yeah, it? It was definitely a best yeah. of. Yeah. So Sax says, I, I, I have to meet this guy, but we have to go to dinner because, uh, and Quake offered, if you remember, Quake offered to buy dinner. So we've been waiting, been waiting. And so finally, Sax, he calls me this morning and says, uh, I'm coming to town. Let the Quake know. We definitely have to, uh, have to have dinner. So there you go. So since you failed to get the quake on, I had to, you know, send him a text. And I said this, Hey, I know Numchuck reached out to you about having you come on the show. I said, I wanted to surprise you with this news, but I will tell you that Sax is coming to town next week and wants to have dinner either next Thursday or Friday. Let me know if that works for you. He called me this morning and really wants us to go out. Quake's response. Seriously? Where are we going? Am I going to have to take out a loan for this dinner? 
So the good thing is he's excited. The other good thing is he remembers he's paying. So uh, I have to arrange this. So now I might need some suggestions on where this dinner should be at. Sax is, is really adamant about having it at a buffet. As we know, not a lot of buffets are open anymore around yeah. Vegas. I know a couple. I know one. But I, I'm not sure I want to do this at the buffet. I think it'd be hilarious at the buffet. You think so? Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Think of the looks. Think just, just close your eyes and picture it. Is Quake going to be too embarrassed though? I sure as hell hope not. Yeah. He better not be. I mean, he he did offer up, right? He's the one that offered this. All right. Sax will be disappointed. He comes to town and doesn't get to have dinner with a Quake. So we're gonna, we're going to make this happen. I'm just trying to, you know. Is there a place that maybe a you know legendary burger place where you you know you have to eat like a eighteen pound burger in like forty five minutes? You know, maybe what that about? would be that'd be a good option. The heart attack you grill. Know? The heart attack grill. The heart is, att- is that around here? That's on Fremont. It's that one where if you weigh three fifty or four fifty, you eat for free. Yeah. Okay, so we'll have Sax on before. We'll have him on probably this week or yep. the beginning of next week, and uh, we'll, we'll give him the option. So now, if you get pictures of of the heart attack grill, then maybe we'll we'll send to them. We'll talk about. We it. got you. There it is. All right. So, how is that? So for the people that would witness this and see the quake come in with Steve Sachs and myself, we should do it on a Tuesday because that definitely would make for a terrible Tuesday. It's terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, the NBA playing game starts tonight. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the LA Lakers. One of two games tonight and then two tomorrow. But guess who's not playing for the T-Wolves? Rudy Gobert. Yes, suspended for the playing game against the Lakers. Why, you ask? For punching Kyle Anderson. His teammate, Kyle Anderson. On the sidelines during a game over the weekend. We'll take you back. Second quarter. All right, Gobert is yelling at Anderson. Who knows what they're yelling about? Anderson responds back with, shut the F up, bitch. (laughs) Anderson says, after Gobert says, don't talk to me like that, kept John. Anderson fires back and says, why don't you go block some shots? Gobert responds by saying, why don't you go get a rebound? Then things got physical. There's some push. There's some shoves. And then a punch was thrown by Gobert. Now, they were separated by teammates, kind of squashed a little bit. The end of the bench, continued playing. Then we go to halftime. It continued in the locker room at halftime. Anderson comes out and says, I'll knock your ass out. (laughs) Gobert and him start getting at it again. uh, Teammates have to separate him. Then Gobert was sent home for initiating this. All right. He was later suspended and will not play in tonight's win or go home game. Timberwolves against the LA Lakers. Now, not just that happened. All right. Fellow teammate, 
Jane McDaniels. He was all fired up about this, right? Well, he didn't get into the altercation. Instead, he was upset that his teammates are fighting. Decides to punch a wall. Breaks his hand. Yes, Jane McDaniels fractures his hand, gets the wall, out for the rest of the season. So it doesn't even matter if they win this game or not. Advance on the playoffs. He's going to be out. So basically now, you've lost two players. All right? And you lost a guy that wasn't even involved in this stupid ruckus. But see how it carries on over here. Bottom line is this. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a mess. Rudy Gobert has always been a mess. Remember back in COVID when it all started? That's right. Don't touch me. Don't touch my microphone. What are you doing? All right? When he was with Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell got COVID because he was playing around with the microphones and he had COVID and he's spreading it around. Yeah. Rudy Gobert, a mess. And the Minnesota Timberwolves go ahead and get him because they think, well, he's a three-time defensive player of the year, right? Yeah, he he will be a great person to team with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, right? No. It has gone downright south for the Timberwolves since they got Gobert at the trading deadline. Let me tell you what Rudy Gobert has done since he's joined the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's given them absolutely nothing. He had the lowest point rebound totals of his entire career with the Timberwolves. His block numbers were the worst since his rookie season in 2013. Had his worst true shooting percentage since 2016. And Minnesota was supposed to be on the upswing. Remember how they were celebrating last year, winning the playoff game, right? No. Minnesota has been a disaster. All right, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, nice players. Rudy Gobert, disaster. And now they're on the verge of elimination without their two key players. Just why, people say. Why? Well, this, believe it or not, is not that uncommon of an occurrence. Players fight all the time with each other. They fight behind closed doors. They fight in locker rooms. You do even see it occasionally on the sidelines. So people say, how could this happen? It happens all the time. Why? Because you got guys that are competitive. You got guys that want to win. You got guys that don't care for each other. Egos are involved. Contracts are involved. And it happens in every sport. But this is a regular occurrence. You talk to any NBA player who played for a good amount of time, they'll tell you, if they're honest with you, that yeah, these things happen. So really not a surprise that it happened. But why would it happen your last game of the season? And why would it happen when you're on the verge of getting into the playoffs? And now that is thrown away. All right. Speaking of playoffs, let's talk about Sunday. Regular season finale. The Golden State Warriors are playing the Portland Trailblazers. The Warriors defeat the Blazers 157 to 101. That's right. 157 to 101. The Golden State Warriors set an NBA record for 55 points in the first quarter. That's not terrible. They scored 84 points in the first half. That's not terrible. 53 points by the Blazers. That's terrible. You're down by 31 at halftime. The Warriors get 157 for the game. They have a 56-point win. They led by as many as 59 points in this game. This game was an embarrassment. That's what's so terrible. If you're the Portland Trailblazers, they are an embarrassment. I watched a good portion of this game, as much as I could stomach. Portland played All-Star Game D, except they have no All-Stars. 
Now you're going to say, oh, wait a minute, they got Damian Lillard. Well, Damian Lillard wasn't playing this game. As a matter of fact, you know the last time Damian Lillard played in a game for the Portland Trailblazers? March the 22nd. March the 22nd? Nothing by his name for injury, nothing like that. No. Hasn't played since March 22nd. Nobody on the Blazers cared. It was a disgusting, disgusting, despicable effort by the Portland Trailblazers. It's your last game of the year. And let's just let's get out of here. Let's forget about it. No D whatsoever. Now the Warriors were a 17-point favorite in this game. This game was never in doubt. Yeah, the Warriors needed to win to improve their, their seeding. They didn't. They held on the sixth seed. Clippers won, so they didn't get the five seed. But the Blazers have been an embarrassment for a good portion of the season. But to not show up on your home floor in Portland to get drilled 157 to 101 and not play a lick of D, not even care, not even have your best player even think about playing for the last, what, five games, six games? Pathetic. I'll tell you what was worse than the Portland effort, though the Dallas Mavericks effort. The Dallas Mavericks effort, not just over the weekend, but the Dallas Mavericks effort over the last three weeks of the season since they got Kyrie Irving specifically. They lose to San Antonio 138 to 117. No Luka Doncic, no Kyrie Irving, no Tim Hardaway Jr., no Maxi Kleber, no JaVel McGee. Why, you ask? Why weren't they playing? The Dallas Mavericks were like on the verge of getting in to the playing game, getting that 10 spot. On the outside, looking at 11. All right, and this just isn't one game we're talking about. This is what they've been doing for a while now. And the reason, when you go back to the box score, go check it out. Next to their names, uh, injury recovery or soreness. Those were the two descriptions you got for these six guys. All right, that's half of your roster. That's half of your 12-man roster. Injury recovery? Soreness? Injury recovery for what? Your season's over. What are you recovering for? From? Soreness? You're sore for what? Sore to get on a plane? Go to Tahiti? Go to Jamaica? Go to the golf course? A horrendous season for the Dallas Mavericks. They go out of their way to get Kyrie Irving, right? To pair him with Luka Doncic, to be, you know, to go along with a pretty good core of players, pathetic. You know what the Dallas Mavericks did the last three weeks of the season? They lost nine of their last eleven games. They lose nine of their last eleven with arguably one of, if not the best player in the league, in Luka Doncic. And then, if you talk to Kyrie Irving, he thinks he's the best player in the game, right? Nine of your last eleven, you're battling for a playoff spot. And you could care less. What's even worse? The next day, you come to clean out your locker. You have exit interviews. You meet with the coach. You meet with the general manager. You talk about what you're going to do in the offseason. You recap your season. Talk about, you know, what we're going to do next year. Well, everybody showed up except one player. And who was that that didn't show up? Kyrie Irving. Of course. He declined to participate in the exit interviews. Luka Donich was quoted saying, well, I'm happy here, so there's nothing to worry about. We just need to come together. You think? Need to come together? Mark Cuban, I don't know what you're thinking. You're great on Shark Tank. But as an NBA owner, I don't know what the heck Mark Cuban 
is doing or what he has been doing lately. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we need to come together. You think it? this is all part of load management, which we've talked about before. Speaking of load management, how about the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies? They lose to Oklahoma City in their last game, right? Nine, count them, nine DNPs for soreness. They all had soreness. Nine Memphis Grizzlies players. Okay, they're the number two seed, right? This whole thing, the NBA, it's out of control. Load management, out of control. Resting, out of control. Minor injuries, can't play, out of control. Travel complaints, like LeBron and the Lakers. Oh, we, we, we couldn't travel. You know, we, we were tired, out of control. Off-court nonsense, John Moran, all this nonsense, out of control. The whole league is out of control. Can I take some load management, please? I need, like, you know... I've, You're I've just got, like everybody I've else. Got general soreness. Yeah, you got general soreness from two hours of, of pushing the buttons. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, the only savior for the NBA is the playoffs. And not just in general, okay? But only a handful of people. Like the Golden State Warriors who we enjoy watching, all right? Or the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that's it, all right? The faces of this league in a positive light right now, I can think of two, and that's it. It's Steph Curry and Giannis. Those are the only two guys that people really want to watch and care about. Not LeBron, not Ja, not Kevin Durant, definitely not Kyrie. No one else really registers on the good guy meter. Think about it. Who registers on the good guy meter? No one in Boston I really want to watch. Jokic, maybe, in Denver? Okay. No one from Philly? Are you kidding me? You got more bad boys than you do good guys. You know, guys that are there for the right reasons. If it wasn't for the Warriors, who who do we want to watch? Play good team basketball. That's exciting. These NBA ratings could be disastrous. And let's just put a stop to this about, well, doing this playing game. Oh, yes, it, it, it's it's really, you know, going to cr- stop load management. It's not. Are you trying to say that the teams 7 through 10 are really trying to win? Well, obviously the Dallas Mavericks were trying to win. And then you want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, the teams that are like, okay, we can't improve. We're number two, right? They're not playing their players. So that would happen regardless, right? So this stuff about, oh, teams that are tanking, you're having it still, all right? And who really wants to watch a game between, you know, the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors or, you know, the who wants to watch, you know, Miami, you know, playing a game? Who wants to watch Oklahoma City in a win or lose go-home game? No one's caring about those teams because they're not going to advance far anyway. The NBA has just got it wrong. They got it wrong all together. <sighs> Let me talk a little Major League Baseball here. Have you seen the patches that the teams are wearing now? Are you talking rookie or are you talking... Oh, I'm talking the team patches. These sponsorship patches oh, yeah, I've seen that them. the sponsors are paying like $300 million for. All right. Well, I'm in Houston, and people are going nuts, Astros fans, seeing the Oxy patch. It's not that Oxy, okay? It's a petroleum company, all right? This patch is extra large. It's four by four, all right, on your sleeve. It's like weighing players down. It's ridiculous, right? 
Now think of it. Seven t- teams have these patches now, and none of them make any sense. The fans from every team has complained. All right, the Astros. Well, it's too huge. You know what the Astros have? They have an oxy patch. You know what the Astros don't have? Ask me what the Astros don't have. I bet you I can answer it. Give it to me, baby. A world championship patch. They do not have a World Series patch. Why do you have an oxy patch, but you don't have a World Series patch? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. The best one, though, is the New York Mets. Have you seen this? New York Presbyterian Hospital. Well, owner Steve Cohen of the Mets got involved. You know, spent all this money on Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Yes. Their patch. Now, those for you scoring at home, the Mets colors are blue and orange. Do you know what color the patch is? They're red and white. They're Phillies colors. That's what Steve Cohen says, the owner. He goes, they should be more Met appropriate. So after a call with the New York Presbyterian officials, the hospital, the Mets will be tweaking the new sponsorship patch. The patch, which was red and white, will now sport a more team-friendly look. So they're going to change the team colors of the hospital. I didn't know the hospital had team colors. Yeah. Fans are poking fun at the patch and its sponsor, especially considering that a large group of players, including Justin Verlander and Edwin Diaz, are currently on the injured list. Sponsored by a hospital. It's pretty funny. But Cohen did not reveal when a new patch would would make its debut on the Mets uniforms, but the team did play its home opener with the Phillies colored advertisements on its sleeves during their home opener at City Field. How crazy is that? Here's my thing. Wouldn't the owner of the club know what the patch looks like before the season started? Before it got sewn on? Wouldn't you think? No. How does this happen? That's what I want to know. How embarrassing that you you play four or five games with this thing, and then you notice it. You let the fans rip on you. Uh, I'm this kid. I'm only the owner of the team. Absurd. Now speaking of these patches, here's how absurd they are. I'm going to give you a team, Nubchuck, and I'm going to give you the sponsor. You tell me off the top of your head what it is. Don't look it up. All right, Arizona Diamondbacks, Avnet, go. It's got to be some sort of web-based uh, web design. Global technology. Okay. That's, okay. I mean, that's close. Yeah, that's good. That's really good advertising. Huh? Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's going to do them a lot of good. Uh, Boston Red Sox. Mass Mutual. That's got to be a financial bank. Or... Life insurance. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Really? You're going to market life insurance to who? Fans, I guess. Okay. Cincinnati. Kroger. That's a grocery store. Grocery store. Very good. Right. Come on. LA Angels. FBM. FBM. Full body models. Uh, That would be good, but unfortunately not correct. Foundation building materials. Build what? Build a winner? That's what you need to do there. San Diego's an easy one. Motorola. Yeah. But. The Friar Patch has been displayed. The Friar Patch, the historic Friar Patch, is being moved to the opposite sleeve. Now, here's the other thing with these patches. They're not consistent. Oh, we're going to put the patch on the on your left sleeve. No, we're not. Here's what we're doing. The patch for right-handed hitters and right-handed pitchers is on your left sleeve. 
Do you know why it's on the left sleeve for a right-handed hitter? No. Because... Oh, so that it's seen. The TV camera shot from so center field. The TV camera, yeah. More eyeballs on that. Don't put it. So, if you're a left-handed hitter, your patch is on the right side. This is how much thought they put into this. Oxy's paying the Astros $317 million for a seven-year deal for a patch that no one understands and nobody likes. That's craziness. <sighs> All right, let me leave you with some police blotter. Let's do this. All right, Cincinnati police on Friday resubmitted a misdemeanor aggravated menacing charge against the Bengals' Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah, remember Joe Mixon in trouble again. This is stemming from an incident in January outside of their own stadium. Mixon pointed a gun at a woman back on January the 21st, the day the Bengals were traveling to face the Buffalo Bills. Well, the initial charge was dismissed less than 24 hours after it was filed with authorities stating that during the court proceedings, what they uh, they reserved the right to refile the case upon gathering more information. Well, guess what? New evidence has come to light, so the investigation now is back on. And this is just one of two incidents involving Joe Mixon. On March 6th, a teenager playing a game with toy guns was shot by an individual standing in the backyard of Joe Mixon's home. In Anderson Township, Lamonte Brewer, the boyfriend of Mixon's sister, Shalanda, was indicted on one count for felony assault. Now, in the surveillance footage, guess who has a gun in their hand? Joe Mixon. Now, video footage didn't show Mixon firing the gun, but it showed him carrying the gun. All right. And remember, this isn't the first time this Ham and Ager has been in trouble. Remember, I mean, he's been the star of Terrible Tuesday many different occasions. All right, going way, way back, the Bengals knew about this when they drafted him. Remember when he punched a woman out at a restaurant when he was a freshman in Oklahoma back in 2014? He was suspended for an entire season when he punched a woman out at a restaurant. All right, Joe Mixon is a nut job. History repeats itself. Guns, punching women. And the Bengals knew this when they drafted him, but it didn't matter. And now he's pointing a gun at another woman in front of their own stadium. Remember this, Raiders? When you're thinking about drafting somebody at number seven, and I know you're thinking about maybe drafting Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman out of Georgia, uh, stay away from these athletes. Everybody should stay away from these athletes. No matter what you think they can do for you on the field, you know you should draft should draft character, all right? Because the bad will eventually repeat itself. It will. Jalen Carter involved in killing two people? Mm. That that would be bad, whoever. But somebody is going to draft him, thinking, well, what he could do on the field, eh, people he killed, the drag racing, all that other nonsense, it doesn't matter. There you go. All right, I will leave you with this, all right? I'm fired up about this nunchuck. And I'll be talking more and more about it. You know, the NFL Sunday ticket, which I've had ever since the inception, going back into the late 90s on DirecTV. NFL Sunday ticket has changed. No more DirecTV. If you want to watch out-of-market games, you must now watch it on YouTube 
TV. That's right. YouTube TV won the bidding rights for 2023, making a major shift in game broadcast services, and they have set their initial price at $249 for existing YouTube customers. How many existing YouTube customers that watch football are there? They're going to pay $249. That's a bargain, I guess, right? I never... Never paid any more than $200 for this. And I didn't mind paying it because, again, I was grandfathered in, and I love my DirecTV. All right? So that price is for a limited time offer only, and it expires on June the 6th. DirecTV was the sole source of Sunday Ticket for all these years. But the contract expired after last season. Now, a combination of Sunday Ticket and Red Zone TV costs will be $289 for current subscribers to YouTube. Non-YouTube TV subscribers can also sign up for Sunday Ticket, but it will just cost them more. So a pre-sale price of $349, that's $100 off of your retail price, of $449 for the season. These guys have the gall to charge $449. Oh, and if you want the Red Zone package as well, too, to watch your favorite team this season on YouTube, it's going to cost you $500. $500 on YouTube. Now, I want to know how this is going to work, Okay. Have you ever tried to change channels from YouTube to the regular channels? It's such a pain in the ass. It is, right? It yes. is. And I'm not one of these live streaming guys. That is not me. All right? So that's why I'm so fired up about it. I miss my DirecTV. I want my DirecTV back. All right? I'll probably keep my DirecTV, but this is going to be a, a nightmare. Trying to change channels from a streaming service to regular TV. YouTube. Are you telling me YouTube's going to have like 15 channels? Because you need 15 channels to watch all these games. Well, YouTube has a full-on YouTube live TV. Okay, right. So, so okay. But, you know, in your direct TV, you go from, okay, 705, 706, 707. They to have scroll that. down, locking in. Okay, so YouTube, so it, I'm going to be able to do that. If you get the YouTube TV, yeah. which I think you have to have to have this subscription. Mm, oh, yeah. It's basically a TV for YouTube. Okay, now answer me this. What about the games that are on Fox? At the same time, or CBS, I want to go back and I want to go. So I'm watching whatever the Packers and the Vikings, but I want to, you know, go and, and watch whoever's playing the Broncos and the Raiders or whatever, right? But wouldn't they have all of these? So on YouTube TV, you're blacked out on direct TV with the local. So you have to go back, say, to channel eight or so, channel yeah. five. You so, follow me? Yeah. But YouTube TV. Which you're gonna have to have, I think, to get this system or this thing. You're gonna have you're gonna have all of your local channels mm-hmm. to where you can change it yeah. in there. Do some homework on this. All right, this sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like a nightmare. I want my Direct TV back. Can I get my Direct TV, please? I want my Direct TV back. I want my Sunday ticket back. All right, don't mess with this. 20 plus years I've had this. We got it down to a science. Just because YouTube wants to buy out. They want to pay more money. I miss my TV, dumb Chuck. I don't want to be a streaming guy. I don't want to watch TV on my phone. It makes me sick. Get in my dire straits. Ah, I don't like change. I still got my MTV. Still got that? C. How about some Sultans of Swing? I think I like Sultans of Swing better. But we'll go with it. TJ Reeves will join us. We come back. We talk about the Tampa Bay Rays are 10-0. They're undefeated. We got that. Scott Savloff. 
Chuck Esposito next hour. Don't you dare go anywhere. I want my TV. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. This doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring chit-chat. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Mr. Q, that meat looks delicious. Where did you get it from? I got it in the corner market. I've been saving it for a special occasion. Look at all those juices. It looks so succulent. Yes, it does, quite. Would you do me a favor and turn it over, Kabob? Thank you. Looks like we've got a barbecue! Uh, yes, our next guest. Uh, he looks pretty good in a chef's hat. Outside, he's got the flipper, the turner going. There he is, TJ Reeves, out there with about uh, 4,000 other Rays fans at Tropicana Field with the tailgate party going. What's going on, my friend? Always good to be with the doctor, and yes, uh, let's just say my services and skills are needed when this interview concludes. <laughs> As a residential grill master that will be coming up here for the dinner hour. And shortly after this evening's spread is consumed, the Tampa Bay Rays go for more history, doctor. And that includes, uh, it's, it's interesting because right now we're talking about 36 years, 36 years, doctor, since the team has been 11 and 0 in Major League Baseball. And that's what the Rays are going for tonight with the Red Sox. 10-0, the Tampa Bay Rays, ninth team in Major League Baseball history to start a season 10-0. Um, it is it is impressive. Now, I guess I could, you know, kind of squash this a little bit, TJ. And we, we've seen... Sure, go ahead seen, and go there. I'm ready for you. you go you, ahead and go there. You look who you've beaten. I mean, look how these teams have beaten. Have they played anybody of any substance? You're beating them on the Rays and first the, of all, the Tigers and the A's and that, right. Red Sox. First, but that's okay. It's all, right, those, those, are the A's, those are the A's that Las Vegas supposedly wants, right? Uh, but in any event, uh, it, uh, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. I know. That's uh, last, why I'm I, last I checked, Major League Baseball doesn't have a waiver that the Rays can suddenly decide to play all of the good teams whenever they want, however they want. So we've been hearing that, and, and, and I agree with you uh, that the teams are not very good. The Red Sox would be in that category. We'll see if the Rays uh, beat them again tonight, uh, which will plummet the Red Sox even further below 500. We'll see if that's the case. But I, I've heard this in particular from the Yankee fans that all want to crawl out from under their rocks anytime that the Rays do anything. Because number one, the Rays have owned the Yankees the last four to five years head to head, including in the postseason, uh, when they knocked them out of the playoffs back in 2020, uh, and, and have beaten them in series after series after series over the last four or five years, despite the Yankees spending seven, eight, nine times what the Rays spend on players. So let's just go back. Let's go way back in the history books. Shall we go way, way back in ancient history? Are you ready, Doctor? Are you going to play along with me? Are you ready to go way, way back? Oh, wait a minute. We're not just going way, way back in the history books. We're going to last season. When every Yankee fan everywhere for the first three months of the year talked about this was going to be the greatest season in Major League Baseball history, Aaron Judge hitting all the home runs, all the pitching they were getting, and they did get off to a fantastic first three months of the season where they were 54 and 20, 54 and 20 in the first three months of the season. But many were pointing out that we're not Yankee apologists and Yankee fans. You are playing the garbage part of your schedule. You're playing a bunch of games against last place teams, bad teams, etc. 
What ended up happening when the Yankees started playing better opposition, Doctor? They ended up after the All Star break going thirty five and thirty five, even five hundred, because things do tend to even out. And when you play the better teams, we find out who you really are. And of course, did the Yankees even make the World Series? I think you were. Were you there? I think you were there for the Astros beating the seemingly invincible Yankees a year ago. So I'm not saying specifically you, but in particular, New York media, uh, New York Yankee fans, retirees that live in and around here, transplants that live in and around here, they're talking about the bad schedule. Put a sock in it already, <laughs> particularly because of the Yankees a year ago being the classic example of what happens when you play a bad schedule for a while. Yeah, you're right. And again, they got off to that tremendous start, but man, they were horrid after the All Star break. Horrid, because, and you can't and you can't blame because injury. They were yeah, playing right. Better teams. Exactly. exactly. And, and and you know, I had to hear all about it myself. Those Yankee fans. Oh, the Astros, this and that. And, and you heard me last year. I said the last two or three years, you're not beating the Astros. You don't have what it takes to beat the Astros. You don't. You're, Plain way, and you're simple. Not the Reds. Yes. You're not, you're not, I mean, you're not being the Rays. You're not being the Rays head-to-head. I, be, I believe the number is in the last, I think it's 14 series, the Rays have won 12 of the 14 series against the New York Yankees, including the 2020 pandemic crazy postseason. So everybody just calm down. I mean, look, I'm going to be the first one to tell the doctor on his show here. We have breaking news. I'm sorry, we have breaking news. I'll be the first one. <laughs> there goes TJ Reeves directing here. the show again from afar. Yes, directly. <laughs> that the Rays' offensive lineup is not a Hall of Fame lineup. Hmm. With the exception of Wander Franco, the shortstop, there, there's not really anybody in this lineup, maybe a Rosarina, the outfielder, yeah, right. that scares anybody. So I get this. The, the Rays are leading Major League Baseball in runs scored, and we're even asking ourselves how that is. So this is that, that part's not going to last. The starting pitching will last. For example, tonight against the Boston Red Sox, Shane McClanahan, the lefty that throws 99 miles an hour, he's the real deal Holyfield, brother. And the, and the Red Sox are going to have their hands full against that guy at home, but I, I'm the first one to admit on the Galactically Famous T.C. Martin Show, the Rays' offense is overperforming. It, it is overselling here at the moment, and there's going to be some market correction as we go along because it's, it's not uh, all-star caliber uh, guys that are in that lineup. They are playing way above their head right now to start the year, but still, this is fun. This is fun to start the season uh, because every year nobody pays any attention to this team. And yet, now they're forcing everybody to pay attention here in the first couple of weeks. All right, and Garrett Whitlock going for the Red Sox tonight. He's he's abysmal, so uh, it should be 11 or no. But, hey, uh, we'll, we'll see how long goes. Here's the good and the bad. All right, the good is... It, it, it is a great story. No question about it. It brings more attention to Major League Baseball. Rays are undefeated. How long can they go with this? Pitching is fantastic. They've allowed 18 runs in 10 games. Phenomenal. Uh, they lead Major League Baseball in home runs with 25 already. And here's the most important stat, TJ, is that they have the least amount of strikeouts, uh, which is, yes. which is, and their slugging percentage is 564. Okay. Now that's all the good, but now, I got to get to the bad, and and you cannot defend this anyway. And I'm I'm not asking you to because these are just the facts. So the attendance on opening day, all right, was do you know what the attendance on opening day was off the top of your head at at Ray Stadium for their opener? All right, 
I want to say with the new capacity, it's a sellout, and it's like 31,000 or 32,000. That's the new capacity because they don't open the third deck anymore. I'm going to give you the attendance figures for every home game thus far this season. Opening day was 25,000. They did not sell it out. 25,000. No, no, 25, I think, is the new sellout because they get creative because they don't open the third deck anymore. Uh, They (laughs) in Major League Baseball, and part of that, while we discuss this, is the Rays have to revenue share with opposing teams off the empty seats. And so what they do is they declare, okay. I know the A's have done that for years, too. I know, right. So so they went 25,000 opening day, and then it went to the next day, 20,000. Then it went 19,000, and it went 15,000. Oh, by the way, they haven't lost a game yet. 11,000. And for last night's game, one nothing over the Red Sox for their 10th consecutive victory, 13,000. Who is excited about this team? Somebody's got to get excited. You're excited. But to have this type of 11 and 13,000 fans showing up when you're undefeated, that's embarrassing. Well, it, it is. And again, look right at the owner, Stu Sternberg. I keep saying this on your show and everywhere else. He had a stadium deal in place to be in, as you love to say it, Hillsborough County, yeah. to be in Tampa, <laughs> right, right. to be near the Lightning Hockey Arena, where they have sold that arena out for the better part of five years, 19000 a night for hockey, hockey in the state of Florida, in West Central Florida. And he walked away from his own deal. And why is that significant? Because that stadium would have been built for this 2023 season. Had he not walked away in 2019, he would have the stadium already. And they would be having 2025 a night instead of 13, 15, 17 a night because of where it is. So it continues this whole protracted battle of, well, people go to St. Pete. One more thing, Dr. This is the same owner that wanted to have a split season, his idea, and have part of the year be in St. Pete and part of the year in Montreal. Now, there's some cockamamie things that are out there, including on the T.C. Martin Show, but we don't have to digress to that. But this whole idea of we're going to play the first half of the year in St. Pete and then the second half of the important part in Montreal, and and oh, by the way, it requires Montreal to build a stadium, and, and we want Tampa Bay to build a new stadium to play half the year here. Nobody believes in the legitimacy of that, and he wasted two years, two years trying to push that and was even pushing it a couple of years ago when the Rays were in the playoffs in 2021. He kept pushing the whole idea of we're going to play half season in Tampa or in St. Pete, half season in Montreal until finally Major League Baseball stepped in and said enough. So I'm saying all that to say you've got an ownership problem. You've got an owner who is the problem. You've got an owner who walked away from a stadium deal, and he would have had his new stadium, and he would have had bigger crowds, and instead this is still part of the discussion because of him. It is too bad because they have been a team that's been very, very good for you know the better part of of the, the last decade, really. I mean, especially the last five or six years, they've been a very, very good team, good franchise. They can't draw. They no one wants to go to that stadium. The ownership is pathetic. And again, every winter meetings that we have, or you know, off season meetings in Major League Baseball, the two teams that are up for discussion: what are we going to do with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's? What are we going to do? Two bad ownerships, two bad stadiums, two bad stadium deals, two lower budget teams. It's just too bad that uh, that that these well, what's teams interesting is Rob, have to be Rob the Manfred, 
to your point, Rob Manfred has basically thrown up his hands on Oakland, and that's where you guys come in in Las Vegas battling somewhere else, Nashville, wherever the A's might move. In this situation, he said on the record, Tampa Bay can support a team, and it is up now to Sternberg and his group and his partners to figure out, is it in St. Pete or is it in Tampa? And let's just see. Let's just, let's just see how that part uh, plays out. But even, I mean, look, the, ra- the race television ratings locally are in the top 10 every year in Major League Baseball. And that's because the product is good, in part. They have fans. They have fans by the tens of thousands. They just don't all want to drive to downtown St. Petersburg to go watch the game. So uh, we'll see if it gets solved. But the the excitement is definitely here, and this is going to be wild. Uh, because if they can, if they can get another win tonight, you're now talking about only two teams in Major League Baseball ever have won 12 games in a row to start a season. That's hard to believe, but it's the 87 Brewers and it's the 82 Atlanta Braves. The old Joe Torrey, you know this, I'm speaking your language, Dale Murphy, Bob Horner, Phil Necro Braves of 82. All right, the Brewers All right. won 12 in a row, and they both won 13 in a row. Just keep By winning, way, keep it. winning, and that's run it. away. Run away in the AL East. Run away from the Yankees, the Blue Jays. Run away from them, man. There you go. Keep winning, brother. All right, we'll let you get back to the grill. Uh, we appreciate the time, my friend. Go get it, Grill Master. Go get it. Grill, grilling tonight, chicken kebabs. Uh, we'll, we'll send a photo to you and a nunchuck to make you uh, a little hungry. Um, I appreciate it. Let's see what the Rays do. You have me back on. I, I told you in Houston, and I know you got to go, the uh, the Rays March the World Series begins right now. And it begins right now, brother. Just accept it. It's beginning right here in uh, April. The we'll Rays see. March the World Series out of the American League. Uh, I'll, I'll see you, in, well, my friend. I'll, see, I'll see you in Houston in October. There you go. All right, TJ Reese joins us. From uh, the grill there, getting ready for the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Hey, they're 10-0. Very, very impressive. All right, we come back. We'll talk a little Masters ratings and more. Scott Savloff joins us. Chuck Esposito. Terrible, terrible, terrible Tuesday. Tampa Bay Rays attendance. Yo, yo.